Carrie. Hey, Sandra. <laughs> Who are we? We are. Am I doing it today? Yes, you are. In your Disney voice. We are the Screaming Divas. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. Yay. <laughs> interview today i know because you're a fangirl you think <laughs> you don't look okay. i'm sorry but all of you who are going to watch this i hope you watch how calm and cool and collected i am because honestly i was fangirling out fangirling out people we interviewed <gasps> da, 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 da. renee fleming america's diva <laughs> superior superior singer and not just singer. I mean, all the things she's done. The first and only opera singer to sing at the Super Bowl, people. Like, I mean, and that's like a drop in the bucket compared to her entire career and what she has done. And not only opera, but all these other, other different genres. Um, her albums that she's yep. recorded. Unbelievable people. Films. Films. And her programs that she did during the pandemic with about the arts and mental yes. health and how it helps all of us. I, it, we can't say enough about Renee Fleming and all of you know who Renee Fleming is because she is the last great diva in my opinion, in our opinion. So please it's don't miss Renee. It's Renee. Yeah, you don't even need a last name. She's like you, Beyonce. She's Beyonce. It's Renee people. Yep, she there. is on the screaming divas. I am freaking out. <laughs> I think I get that Carrie. I think, I, I think I'm going to say you're freaking out, but we had a great chit chat. It was so amazing just yeah. to sit and talk, girl talk with Renee Fleming. So How fun is that? I mean, okay, out. next time, because I think there should be a part two with Renee, we should be in like our yoga pants with martinis. Hmm. Just saying. Or pajamas with our hair on the top of the head. Mm -hmm. Just saying. You know what? Maybe it'll happen. You never know. But until then, you got to check out this clip. Thank you, Renee. Thank we you. love you. <laughs> Gary, he's really not a stalker, I promise you. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. In the business, we've talked to a lot of general directors who I would say for the most part, think that the digital is here to stay. It's going to be a part of our new opera reality. Oh, that's interesting. And part of me feels old school and thinking, no, I don't really want that. I mean, even Matthew had said, no, there's nothing better than hearing an opera voice in, live in a theater, yeah. et cetera. But maybe when we talked with Perrin, um, who is now at the Canadian Opera Company, Perrin, said yeah. no digital could actually be really wonderful to reach more people. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on that? I, I think it's an ad. I, I think it's, it's, it's a good thing because it's, it's like cinema. You know, we love film. Yeah. It gives people a chance to kind of exercise a different type of creative outlet. Mm -hmm. um, you, there's no substitute for hearing a voice in a theater. Um, there's, there's just not. I mean, I remember hearing singers early in my career who I'd only heard on recording and thinking, wow, that's not at all what I expected. 
you have yeah. here the live thing. And when I did Bel Canto, um, the soundtrack for the film, Julianne Moore came to a rehearsal with her husband of uh, Tucker Gala, which was interesting for them. And it was in the morning and it's because you had all these different voices standing up and you know quickly doing their one number. Mm -hmm. They flipped out. They said, we had no idea how different everyone would sound. How interesting because on television, everyone flattens out. It's, it's all true. kind of the same and it's mm -hmm. not, it doesn't do us justice. Right. Yeah. I thought it's always good to kind of get that opinion from someone who's really an outsider. And, and that, that I found really interesting. Love they, loved it. they absolutely went crazy for it. Wow. That's a cool. variety, just a variety. Yeah, yeah. totally. Well, but that said, I, I love I love some of the creative uses of digital storytelling that I've seen this last year, and I do hope we kind of keep that going. There she is! Hello! Hey, how's everything? Hey, super great! How are you, Lady yeah. in Red? Yes, good, good, good. Yay! Are you at home? Love the diva mug. Is that for you? Yeah. I should have done that for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's fabulous. Uh, how are you doing? Thanks for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. And look at your memorabilia, Sandra. That's brilliant. Oh, well, yeah. it's it's years and years of collecting stuff. And, wow. and, and there's my, as Duncan calls it, my wall of shame. <laughs> no, that's the wall of fame. Come on. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I say, no. Do I have to look at you all the time, Sandra? No. <laughs> uh, do you remember Carrie from Don Giovanni Kennedy Center? Yes, 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 yes. Renee, great. You guys are so adorable in this show. I just saw Matthew Epstein, of course, who sent it to everyone he knows. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen a couple other ones too. And you just have such personality. It's phenomenal. Oh, thanks. Okay. You know, who, who knew that two Sopranos could actually be like really good friends for a long time? <laughs> well, it helps that you're in different countries. There you go. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And listen, I mean, you and I, we, we're, we've known each other a long time. Yeah, right? it's true. And yeah. we're friendly. I mean, we yeah, never sing together. Are, come on, we're always friendly. It's, you know, it's, it's, I never competed with other people. I compete with my, you know, if other people do things well, I think, oh, I want to do that. You know, it's yes. more, it's like myself. I know yeah. you drove me. Yeah. Like when I first met you in the, the Rusalk at the Met, you mm -hmm. were so kind to me. And, and I remember you came up to me and you said, oh, you're the one that I heard about. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Alex yeah, and I thought, yeah. wow, she's cool. That's it. Like you even knew who I was, but no, I loved you. What did I first hear you in? And I was so blown away by your voice. It was something you did with Placido, actually, Cyrano. Mm. And I just wow. said, wow, I love, love, love your voice. It's so mm. distinctive and rich, and uh, and look, and you know, you've since become a massive star. It's wonderful. Well, it's we were Carrie and I at the beginning of this. We were talking and saying like in my opinion, in our opinion, you really are like the end of a generation of divas. Like in my opinion, you are the last diva. Oh, come on. I don't, you know, it's interesting because I just have been looking for young singers, mostly women uh, and for, to, to kind of, cause somebody offered me some money to give away to someone, which was a oh, wonderful gift. Wow. 
and I feel extremely positive. I mean, I, I just, there are tons of people I didn't know about. There's a lot of extraordinary talent in the pipeline. Oh yeah. yeah. And they're hungry. They are oh, so such hope. Yeah. Real hopeful, really hopeful. I think that's super exciting, especially after what we've all lived through in this past year and wondering how many artists across the board are actually going to survive this financially. Yeah. Can they still be a part of this business, especially the younger ones just starting out? But um, yes. they, yeah. their positivity over this whole year and even interviewing them, the young artist programs throughout the U.S. really boosted our morale and said, oh, my yeah. gosh, if they're this positive about this, then right. what are we boohooing about, you know? Oh, I agree. I agree. And also, you're seeing so much personality and creativity. People are producing their own material, and it's really excellent, you know? Yes. So I, yeah, I've, I've been incredibly impressed. The digital age has given everyone an opportunity to share who they are, Yeah, you know, I and not just perform. Which can I say for the two of us who really were never big fans of social media to actually get on here and do this kind of thing and just let it all hang out and be who we are was a little scary. <laughs> and people love it, don't they? I mean, if they love it, it's a whole different side. Yeah. Well, I think I think this medium too. I don't know about you because you've done a lot now too. We 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 need to talk about that. Oh, absolutely. Awesome interviews that you've done, but I find that people with this medium open up more. Hmm. Oh, and interesting. Do you find that with yours? Yeah. Well, I you know the thing I did through the pandemic was this webinar, um, sort of interviewing scientists and and music therapists and people from that world and. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't get that impression, but certainly in our world, I think people would be, but you're, you're sort of presenting as girlfriends and you can't resist that. No one can resist that. <laughs> you want to oh, give me that glass of wine and let's go. Thank well, you. I know. Honestly, honestly like, who wasn't drinking during the pandemic or eating carbohydrates galore? Right. Come on people. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, and how, how did you and your family do with the pandemic? How was you know well i haven't seen my youngest daughter in uh a year and so she's coming this weekend and i'm gonna get teary just talking about it because i've missed her so much she lives in la so she canceled her both of her holiday trips she's only 25 so i've really missed her so much so that but we're all well we've all remained well we're all vaccinated and we're grateful we're grateful. Everybody's done okay. My older daughter, I've seen, she's in med school and she's on the East Coast. So I've seen her oh. um, on a regular basis. Thank goodness. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Have you been able to do any singing or just the Met concert or? The Met concert, uh, I've been slowly doing some orchestra, orchestra galas that, that we're, you know, we film and just for streaming. I have another one uh, in Baltimore coming up and um, yeah, here and there, here and there, but very little. I mean, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I had a little stage fright when I had to start singing again, even digitally, because you think, A, you're in a small room with a bunch of cameras, and sometimes it's live, and B, I'm thinking, I don't know if I can still sing. I didn't realize, I thought I was extremely disciplined. I'm not so disciplined. I am a deadline person. Okay. Ah, uh, okay. So who yeah. knew? And so I didn't have any deadlines this year. It was weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it was, it was freak for me. Uh, the very first thing, but everything that I did the first six to eight months was all yeah. alive. And that for me was more pressure with the filming because right. the potential of people watching it right. is exponentially larger. It's true. And well, you think, yeah, but that's true for everyone now. Everything you do, somebody's got a camera on you now. 
I, I don't love that. Oh. No, no. And the pressure is so much more. And, you know, we always used to say you're only as good as your last performance, but mm. now everything, thank you, YouTube, is all out there. It's true. Sometimes and those are even like before pandemic in rehearsals with iPhones popping out, you're, you know, you're in a rehearsal skirt or you're in whatever hair on top of your head, looking like a hot mess. And somebody yeah. whipped out something and thrown it on, you know, Instagram. And you're like, ah! <laughs> true. no, it's true. I, and, and it makes us too familiar also, I think, to everyone in a way that's not always helpful. Um, so I don't know, we just have to be brilliant all the time. That's been, that's I know. Challenge. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I worked so hard in my career to create this persona, the, the, who, who I want, how I want the world to see me right. as not just a singer, but as a person. And I feel that this has just completely deconstructed that. Hmm. Do you oh, agree? Did you work hard to create no. I wasn't very good at the persona thing. I, I, um, I've always sort of been me, but, but I have to say, I, I, I've ultimately had to learn how to put up a lot of filters mm. just to protect myself from um, too many asks all the time. And so those have sort of remained, I would say in a good way, in a good way. And, and I, I'm accommodating, but it was just, it was hard for me to say no and hard for me to to kind of um, manage my schedule in a way that was kind of um, possible. So mm -hmm. that's why I did that. I had to kind of protect myself at some point. I agree. And, and we can also be, especially I feel in the last year and a half, there's been a saturation level. Some people have said yes to everything. Mm. And I, I don't know about you, but, and Carrie too, that sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Yeah. And these people that did all of this online stuff, it's just like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's, I did, I ended up doing a lot in this sort of health intersection. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I looked out the window. There are cicadas everywhere. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. There are a million of them supposedly on my property. Like I've, I've read about this, that it's yeah. insane right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're crawling over the plants. They're flying past and they're, they're this big. Ooh. They have yeah. beady red eyes. I think they're kind of cute actually. <laughs> uh, have you seen like, even on, I think it was the CBS morning show. They interviewed these, this couple that are huge into researching cicadas and the, the poor guy, you know, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. It's terrible. Um, CBS morning show, but they had cookies with a cicada in the middle of it and they ate them. No, 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 no. no. I was told you're not supposed to eat them. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, no, no. People cook them and eat them. But this is know. like a, this is a once in a, how many year, hundred year 17 thing or years, something? every 17 years. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't even imagine it. I, I just can't imagine eating any bugs, frankly. I'm, I'm not that adventurous, mm. but yeah. Ooh. <sighs> <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Talking about the digital thing, I, in the business, we've talked to a lot of general directors who I would say for the most part, think that the digital is here to stay. It's going to be a part of our new opera reality. Oh, that's interesting. And part of me feels old school and thinking, no, I don't really want that. I mean, even Matthew had said, no, there's nothing better than hearing an opera voice in, live in a theater 
yeah. et cetera. But maybe when we talked with Perrin, um, who is now at the Canadian Opera Company, Perrin, said yeah. no, digital could actually be really wonderful to reach more people. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on that? I, I think it's an ad. I, I think it's 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 a good thing because it's it's like cinema. You know, we love film. Yeah. And it gives people a chance to kind of exercise a different type of creative outlet. Mm -hmm. um, you, there's no substitute for hearing a voice in a theater. Um, there's, there's just not. I mean, I remember hearing singers early in my career who I'd only heard on recording and thinking, wow, that's not at all what I expected. You have to hear the live thing. And when I did Bel Canto, um, the soundtrack for the film, Julianne Moore came to a rehearsal with her husband of uh, Tucker Gala, which was interesting for them. And it was in the morning and because you had all these different voices standing up and you know quickly doing their one number, mm -hmm. they flipped out. They said, we had no idea how different everyone would sound, how interesting because on television, everyone flattens out. It's, it's all true. kind of the same and it's mm -hmm. not, it doesn't do us justice. Right. Yeah. I thought it's always good to kind of get that opinion from someone who's really an outsider. And, and that, that I found really interesting. Love they, loved it. they absolutely went crazy for it. Wow. That's cool. a variety, just a variety. Yeah, yeah. totally. Well, but that said, I, I love I love some of the creative uses of digital storytelling that I've seen this last year. And I do hope we kind of keep that going. I do too. too. I love and that. The creativity, like you said. Now yeah. you mentioned bel canto there and that you sang for that most opera singers just sing opera <laughs> and you have done i mean i'm sorry you are the first opera singer to sing at the super bowl can we just acknowledge that that is yes that was amazing, amazing. was that a goal of yours always or did it just kind of happen organically no everything has been organic pretty much um i didn't like being straight jacketed in terms of repertoire. I never liked that. Um, so I, I really did love branching out and singing different styles of music, different genre. Um, Cause I grew up with a very eclectic kind of background in terms of music and, and enjoyed it. I mean, I even did a CB radio jam with country music once, you know, really? I, I played guitar, you know, I, I, I did a little bit of everything growing up. Okay. So I enjoyed that, um, but events like the Super Bowl, those things can only come to you. I mean, they, you can't, okay. right? or film for that, for yeah. the, you know, the same type yeah. of thing. That's amazing. Okay. I can't even, I'm sorry, this is maybe a little crass, but as you walked out there or whatever to get ready to sing on the Super Bowl, A, thank you for doing that, for bringing attention to this business and what we do. And you were so stunning that everybody lost their business watching this and just hallelujah that this happened. It's but was the, were you like peeing your pants just a little bit that this was happening? <laughs> Can I tell you, it was the most insane experience. I mean, first of all, the guy, the guy who made it possible was a, an administrator high up at, with NFL. Okay. And he worked, I found out he worked on this for 10 years to try and get them to agree to let me do the national anthem. Um, and I don't even know, I don't re recall why, uh, why he thought it was a good idea. Maybe somebody told him. Um, then when they call you, you can't say anything. You can't say a word to anyone until oh. the, the, you know, until it's announced, which is basically the day before. 
and you have to produce your own segment. So you have to raise money to produce whatever it is you're performing, whether you're the pop star at the intermission feature or whether you're singing the anthem or America the Beautiful. So, so I knew I wanted an orchestra. So thank God I had help from a wonderful manager who had, um, who had been working with at the time, Matthew Ringle with Red Light. And he was able to find funds to um, pay for the orchestration and pay for the recording of the orchestration in, in New Jersey. But I mean, it was, it was hard. And then I reached out to my friend, Vera Wang, and I said, Vera, can you help me? I knew it was supposed to be super cold. Oh, right. And she, I knew she knew how to do that from all the mm -hmm. ice skaters. And mm -hmm. so she said, you know, I'm with you. And so, it, but it was, it was stressful. It was very stressful. And with the delay singing in terrible, in, you know, and they, to, to their credit, I had a rehearsal that allowed me not just to practice the delay and hearing that, but they also brought the Black Hawk helicopters in so I could hear that in rehearsal. That was kind mm -hmm. of interesting. That was amazing. I bet. What, I, what I didn't, what they couldn't rehearse was the crowd. And oh. the crowd made so much noise, you know, cause they were watching videos. Um, that threw me off, but I was really well prepared. Um, you know, you have wow. to practice that thing a wow. hundred, you know, 150 times in the two weeks before I just kept singing it over and over. So those vocal cords were going to do it the way you practice. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is, you, is there one moment in your career? And I mean, you have done so many things. Is there one moment in your career that you say that was it? That was like the best of the best of the best? You know, I think there have been performances where I've thought, okay, I couldn't do that better, but I couldn't tell you what they were. I, I don't remember what they were, but I, you know, there were certain things that I knew, okay, that put me on the map in a, in a meaningful way that it wasn't on the map before. Mm -hmm. And so that, but, but actual things where I said, that's it. Not really. I'm so pick, I'm just such a perfectionist. And so, critical self-critical that i nothing's ever you know yeah, i know you know but, then, you but that's why you are where you are yeah you know? i mean you too i mean and you your work ethic i'm sorry carrie i don't know that much about you don't worry about uh, forgive me but sandra the way you take care of yourself and your voice and your body and your discipline that's a that's a level beyond me i, I it's so impressive Thank you. I was thinking about you recently. I was watching something I did. Oh, I know what it was. It was a 2008, I was looking at this costume, um, Met opening night. Uh, and it was Amami Alfredo and, and Traviata. And I thought, people don't realize what physical strength it takes to perform some of these things that require stamina. Yeah. And just how much strength. So. And you've been it's so true. wise, singing Norma, singing all of these hard roles to, to keep building that up. Yeah. I remember the first time I did Butterfly and I was advised by other wonderful sopranos that had sung it, um, you need to start doing squats now because to be able to get up beautifully from the floor, those thighs better oh, be yeah. so strong. You could bounce a quarter off of them, you know? Oh, right. <laughs> but it's true. Or like these heavy, I remember one time when I, a show I was singing, what was it? Was it? Anna, Anna Bolena. Bolena. And 
Christian Van Horn was there and I joked and I said, Hey, I always travel with a scale. It's psycho. I know, but, um, I brought it with me and I was like, Christian, we need to get on the scale with these costumes and find out how much they weigh his, I think, what did he say? Like it was almost 40 pounds. Yeah. So you're supposed to carry that around and sing and go upstairs. And so whatever, I don't, I mean, to me, size is a whatever, but I know people that are big people that are so strong that they can do this without even thinking about it. So for me, it is about that. It's about strength and stamina and all that kind of stuff. So it is, nobody realizes that. Nope. By the way, the cutest little travel scales you can get on Amazon. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, you have to, or forget it, or, or else I'm in denial. I'm really good at that, really good at that. I'm sorry, especially when you're traveling through wonderful places like France and Italy yeah. and Spain. I can, listen, I can find an excuse for everything, but you know, oh, exactly, yeah. mm. reality. Can you talk about your gowns and how you find your gowns? Because I, I know a little bit about this, but. Well, gowns, boy, isn't that hard? I mean, it's it's just been, I was lucky because uh, I came in on the tail end of this fascination that existed for a while with Maria Callas. She mm-hmm. was already gone, but EMI did this massive um, sort of ad campaign about her uh, when I was starting singing. And so designers became interested in dressing the diva. So I, I had fabulous relationships with a number of top, top couture designers who, and, and that day they were doing extremely well. So they would give them to me. Um, Ferre, I had something like 17 dresses from him that came in boxes. Um, and my, my form was next to Elizabeth Taylor. I said, I'm in really good company. Yay! So then, uh, you know, and Miyaki and Oscar de la Renta and um, Sanchez, I got so many dresses from Sanchez over the years. And we Ruben, need singer. We really need them. Ruben, absolutely, you know, recently. And now it's much harder. Now it's much, much harder. So, and I also am finding it's hard to even purchase them. There's, after the pandemic, there's not a lot that the um, department stores aren't selling much that's that you know quality are you finding that as well oh impossible when we interviewed Ruben we talked about that because how his line has had to change because of the pandemic and even Uh, as we come out of this I mean more and more people as I'm finding in my own personal life with my husband the office isn't something that everyone has to go to anymore Monday through Friday it's you know two days three days max because a lot of companies found out that oh we don't actually need to have this office space anymore we can save more money because productivity was um was not at the same if not higher so yes I think clothing is going to change quite a bit well personally i'm not sure i can wear anything that doesn't stretch anymore <laughs> I'm just you know yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you i mean what's it going to be like when we get back full full swing again you know i don't yeah i um yeah i've kept some professional clothes but boy i did i just got rid of a lot of clothing including all those high heels i said i'm not wearing anymore I couldn't do it. That Met Gala, I have to tell you, I almost did the last half of it with Piotr. I almost did the last half of it barefoot. My feet were like going, no, no, no. (laughs) Walking up the stairs, I'm going, please, dear God, don't let me fall. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Um, 
Now, Matthew, you, you saw the interview with Matthew Epstein, and he yes. talked about that um, American Arts Council that he really wants to yes to, to start, and he mentioned your name uh, as a person on it. What do you think about that? And would you be willing to like spearhead it with all of us? Honestly, I wish, I wish, 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 wish we could drum up some interest um, in the arts. Uh, I just, you know, I live here and mm -hmm. in in the DC area. I think we have so many problems right now. I mean, the division is just a nightmare yeah. for government, uh, and the arts, unfortunately, are polarizing. You know, there seems to be something that happens every couple of years that gives politicians um, free reign to kind of put us aside yeah. and, and put the arts aside, especially the classical arts. And, you know, so I, I just, um, I think it's very hard, but hopefully, I mean, listen, it, it's still worth fighting for. It's absolutely worth fighting for and worth, you know, saying, you know, on the basis of Frankly, on the basis of creativity and innovation, um, when you think about what made this country great, it was definitely innovation. Yeah. And and to be able to have an arts education, which most of us grew up with. Yes. And previous generations as well. I mean, when I went into, got interested in this this uh, this whole intersection of health and the arts, one of the things that inspired me was the fact, I don't know about you guys, but everywhere I've sung in the world, I can get great medical care. Well, and every, doctors all over the world are amateur musicians. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've noticed that early on and it's been true. Yep. And then Robert Smith, who's chairman of Carnegie Hall, said the same is true of CEOs. He has these meetings, he's kind of uh, with these the very gifted people at the top, they've all studied some instrument. Mm -hmm. So it does have a huge effect on the brain, on our development, on yes. um, this notion that we think out of the box. Yep. And I just think those are some of the arguments that can be made that would strengthen what we do. I think so. I mean, I know I've watched, I grew up in Florida. The arts were huge, kind of like Texas. Texas has kept that, but Florida hasn't. So arts in the school have diminished because of funding and all that kind of stuff. I do love things like what Michael Fabiano has done with Art Smart, which is actually having something where kids can go to that and teachers like, like all three of us can actually get involved in that and be able to teach young underprivileged kids that don't have access to this. Right. And, um, and I love that. I, you know, with the Marilyn Horn Foundation years ago when she did that and she sent all of us young kids out there to sing in the elementary schools the middle schools and the high schools, it's like in the middle of Nebraska. And these kids are like, oh, we've never heard opera before. And you never knew what that could lead to later on in their lives. And I feel like we've lost that. And so what you're talking about with innovation, somehow we need to get back in there somehow maybe some of some of us in this generation can help do that that's that's exciting to me yes yes i, I had a, i was responsible for an education um panel at the kennedy center a couple of years ago and we had ken Alpis come who's from the university of maryland and he is he does he really just um explores statistics music education statistics okay. around wow. the country cool. and so he said it's actually not as bad as we think he said there's a lot of support for the lowest socioeconomic strata schools okay. uh, because people really want to help in any number of ways to give those kids a lift. And of course, there's money for the highest. 
and sometimes the middle is what kind of gets forgotten about. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, I know I was surprised too. And of yeah. course, I'm sure he's talking about urban areas because mm -hmm. I'm sure in rural areas, there's very little. Right. Together. But I don't know. I, I only recently learned that Florida was a hotspot for music ed. Yeah. Down there, they said, oh no, it's, it's, you know, it's always been really strong, but I'm sorry to hear that it's, that it's declining somewhat. It's not, you know, I mean, yeah. it's still there, but it's not what it was. Does that make sense? So, yeah. Yeah. I love, yeah. I mean, I'm from New York state and we had terrific uh, music ed, really great programs. Yeah, awesome. Did we all get to do musicals growing up? Yes. Yeah. You did. I never, I was always an opera singer. I was that weird one. How neat. I, 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 I caught the bug. I tried to sing it and I sounded like some, you know, that weirdo over there, like, Sandra. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> too loud. Carrie, Carrie sings Disney princesses though very well. I'm a Florida girl, so it. I grew up in church, so I wanted to be Amy Grant and Sandy Patty, and so you put me in a karaoke room, and I, I mean, I even ran karaoke in college. Like I love it. Oh, sweet, <laughs> sweet. I did karaoke at my wedding, um, my second wedding, and did a very mean natural woman. Yeah, very mean. You know. Well, you have a whole CD of all that, don't you? Well, I have a rock CD that would, that was really out there. Really. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to make a deal with you next time I'm in DC, I'm finding you and we're going to go do some karaoke. Karaoke. <laughs> okay. All right. No phones, no phones. How does, how does a, like, this is a question that we also asked Marilyn Horn. How does a, a singer transition through their career? Because, you know, like I, I feel like I'm now thinking about Endgame. I'm 52. And how have you moved along in your career? Well, I'm always thinking I, uh, 10 years in advance. And this is from, you know, when I was 25, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be 30 in five years. I better plan for that. So I, this has just always been part of my, you know, if I suffer in advance, maybe it won't be so bad when it comes type thing. So um, I think for me, it's, it's been about, well, first of all, I transitioned when I had children. So mm -hmm. away, away from opera, once the kids had to be at school, um, I couldn't just be gone all the time and into concertizing, which, which, uh, his, which I still, um, now I'm, because both girls are out of the house, of course I'm you know, busy all the time. I'm, I've been on a plane every three days, basically, Whoa. until the pandemic and really enjoy it i really enjoy it so that's that you can do forever because you can sing whatever repertoire you still are happy with and comfortable with mm -hmm. people your fans want to hear you um always so mm -hmm. that's certainly um something you could enjoy and you could do it with orchestra as well and then uh i also it's a lot about vocal care about taking care of your voice mm -hmm. because I, I tell young people, I said, stop trying to sound like me. I want to sound like you. Stop trying to add weight and darkness and maturity to your sound and keep it light and bright and youthful yeah. uh, because I have to make an effort to maintain that type of uh, quality so my vibrato doesn't get too slow. So I still have my top so I can float. Mm -hmm. For me, the float is, is the sign of vocal health. I agree. I agree. Yep. Yeah. And it's, but it's hard. Like I, I just gave up Traviata because you don't want to see a 52 year old sing Violetta. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I, I actually, I always, I was thinking the same way, but I don't believe it anymore. I don't think it matters. I think audiences want to see the artists they love. In fact, you got to remember who made a huge influence on me, and that was um, um, the Italian soprano who grew up with Luciano. Scotto. No. Um, Miranda Franey. Thank you, Franey. So she sang Tatiana very late, really late. She came back to the Met and sang a, a fantastic Tatiana and people were thrilled, absolutely thrilled. See, Sandra, uh, listen to Renee. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, but I, I thought the same thing that you're thinking. And now I think that wasn't right. That actually wasn't right. If you can still sing it, keep singing it. Okay. Well, I mean, Matthew Epstein said the same thing too. He's like, Sandra. Go sing it, and you yeah. know the agility and the right. the freshness in the voice as long as you can. No, and you look twelve on stage. You know, you you oh. wear beautiful costumes. You have lighting. You make sure you feel good. Yes. Um, there aren't. You're not working with people who are undermining you. So you get on and you feel beautiful. Then you are her. That's you're a great actress. I mean, that's for all of those reasons. Keep doing it. I could hug you for that. Thank you. <laughs> I am with you in a hundred percent. I think you're only as old as how you think. And if you, she yeah. can still get out there and sell it, then why not? I mean, why yeah. not? Yes. Yeah. I Cause I, I, I would say in, to some degree, I was too conservative. You know, mm -hmm. I was always very nervous. I've always been a nervous singer, a fearful singer. Um, but if I didn't have that, I, in, if I could be outside of myself, I would have said, just keep doing it. Go for it. Yeah. How, how was it doing? How long was it after you had your child that you sang Des Damona at the Met? It was uh, four and a half weeks. I know that was insane. That was really insane. I don't know how I did it. I really don't know how I did it. It was spectacular. Because So that was opening night. Four and a half weeks was opening night. But I went back into full rehearsals when she was two weeks old. So it was, it turned out to be a very important engagement, but I have to say, it, you know, you, you pay for that. You pay for that because you have less time with this, with this baby. And of course, fortunately I lived five blocks from the Met. So I was constantly running back and forth. You have to have the energy and the will and the need to make it all work somehow. Wow. No, I saw those, that was, that was with Placida, right? Right. Right. It was spectacular. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I thought the baby would weigh 40, 40 or 50 pounds when she was born. You can imagine my surprise. So that was unfortunate. <laughs> I said, wow, I didn't like I didn't like the video when I saw it. I said, Damn, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> Did it change your voice having children? No, I didn't see any change. And I know some people have have said that they've had an effect, but I didn't. Um, didn't see any change. What about I, I did see, however, I will say this, you you know, can no longer support. You have to build up mm -hmm. your physical, your, your core again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really, really important. After having a baby. Whoa. Yeah. No, I, I mean, without, I don't have children, but my friends that have had them, there's always something weird that changes, like their hair, it goes from curly to straight or, you know, crazy, crazy things happen to them. But um, I was really stupid. Good. I was incredibly stupid. My first child was born. I sang my first Tatiana a month later. 
um, or I went to rehearsals a month later and I didn't start memorizing it until after she was born. And I just kept thinking, why can't, why isn't this going in? <laughs> it's Russian, what? It's just not going in. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that yeah. took years off my life. <laughs> uh, Michael Fabiano, we interviewed him yesterday and, and he said he's gonna start looking at some Russian rep and I said, start now. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I did that with the peak dom. I, I left it, you know, a bit too late. Yes. It's Ooh. really, there's, you're learning sounds by rote. It's so hard. Yeah. It is. It's just phonetics. It's the, yeah. uh, well, in those two roles, it's a lot of text. Ooh. I had sung Rusalka already. Rusalka is not a lot of text. It's no. repeated all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's much more simplistic the language in that particular role and then in i mean the letter scene alone oh my god it goes on forever i know but so, do you speak any czech no, no no i had to learn everything by rote but i will say this about the letter scene and and um onegin is that whenever it is that i'm you know at the end of my life that's that's i'm going to be singing that because it is just still there something that's really hard to learn don't you find you don't forget it no right but yeah. the older you get the harder it is to memorize i'm just oh, gonna yeah. that out there it's like, a pain no it is a pain yeah it I'm takes more time it it does doesn't it yeah and on top of that like covid brain it's yeah. just it, it's it's a real thing like trying and, to memorize macbeth now i'm just going no it's like going back to school again it's seriously like being a you know in your oh no it's ridiculous i think well, yeah. I have friends who are actors who are in, you know, who, who do television. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they do it. And, and just being on Broadway too and watching them, they make all these changes and the next day they'd have to have it like that. Mm -hmm. New song, new dance, new this, new that. They're, they're just extraordinarily disciplined and quick. It's no accident that Broadway people end up in television. It's true. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a different side of the brain, I think. I. I dated an actor a while ago and he would just sit on the train and memorize you know his lines and i'm going i can't do i can't do that no no i don't mm. well plus i don't want to do it i you know i procrastinate it's hard <laughs> it's like, not you. fun it's, it's the most tedious thing we do mm -hmm. but you think, do i have to have a deadline. if i don't have a deadline forget it i find 20 other things to do that in my mind right. are more important right than like working cleaning, on. cleaning, doing laundry. But I don't you find too, I, I mean, the whole memorization piece, but also I, I just find that I learn music so fast. Uh -huh. I, mean, yes. I have a musical brain. So, mm -hmm. so I mean, it's, I hear it and I mm -hmm. know it. Yeah. And I, so I don't want to wait for the rest. No. How do you memorize the text? Do you have a special technique? Yes, I, I actually type it out. I want to see it consolidated. You know, mm -hmm. I want to see it have a visual uh, mind's eye view of the page. Mm -hmm. So I have little tricks and then I use alphabetical and, you know, all different kinds of um, ways of connecting certain words. And, you know, some things are easier than others. I, the hardest to memorize for me always used to be Italian. Really? Yeah, because I mean, even Traviata, I just thought the language was not very colloquial. It was just, um, I don't know. I found it. I found it harder. I mean, the, the hardest, of course, is what we talked about. It's the Russian, the languages we don't speak. Portuguese, you know, Portuguese is hard. Well, I I thought I can't even imagine Portuguese. Czech about killed me. 
I mean, the only way that I can keep it, I know that if I can walk down the street and say the lines in my mind with the rhythm in the notes, yeah. then I know I have it. If I can't do that, it's like, if you only get to the third word and you mess up the fourth, you got to go yeah, back and you so walk around New York city a hundred times or getting on a treadmill or whatever it was, if I could move right. my feet and remember the words, but even then I have to say like as many times as I have some Tosca, there's still these yeah. moments where you're like, what's next? <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Vanessa Williams said that she memorizes always on the treadmill. I do. I have to have motion with mine. I, I have to be moving. moving either with the beat or in a rocking chair. That was my big thing. Oh, that's a good idea. That, see, I would fall, I would go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Working out. Yeah. I mean, I have to have the motion with it. I learned that very that's luckily, very early on when oh. I was in young artist program and I bought this rocking chair. Huh. I don't know. It's very random, but, and I found, oh, I can memorize that way. Wow. I'm going to try that. Yep, putting motion to it. Because if I'm sitting still, yeah. I like like Carrie. It mm, no. I'll write it out. I like I start there. I have to write right. I just need to see it on the page. See it on the page. But like you, the music is just boom. I know it. Maybe from all the piano lessons, like starting at five. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> something yeah. like that. But the the words have always just been. Hmm. So what's next for you? What's new and exciting if you can share anything or so i'm going to aspen so i've got baltimore this week i'm going to aspen for because i co-direct the operative program there with uh patrick summers for a month and then i start touring again in um uh in in um august i have a concert here at wolf trap as well before i leave and then august it's a lot of europe berlin philharmonic i'm in, with um uh, I'm in Amsterdam, and Raya, and Edinburgh Festival, and you know a lot of different places. Grafenig. It's, it's going to be. I'm so I'm so excited to get back to my to that life. Uh, but I have the hours coming up at the Met, which I'm thrilled about. And um, I'm think I'm going to be playing Pat Nixon in um, Nixon in China in cool. Paris, which I'm excited about. Oh, wow. And uh, I just did a recording with Yannick Nézé-Séguin uh, in Philadelphia of a lot of song literature with three premieres. And um, this was a really arduous process of putting together, again, all new music. And so I'm sure I'll be touring that, uh, pieces of that. Um, so, I'm, you know, I feel very fortunate to, to still be loving singing so much. Love it. Yeah. And no have opportunity to keep going. That's so cool. Yeah. No, no stop date. There's, there's like no number that you're going to say, okay, when I turn this age done, I'm going to retire. I, know. I mean, I, I do think that, um, this is the icing. I'm, you know, I'm not in the cake anymore. Um, but I not really, as long as, um, I, I honestly, I would not, I'm not a person who would be comfortable continuing if I don't think I'm singing well. And if I mm -hmm. don't think mm -hmm. singing well, you know, for, for what I have. And if I don't think I sound good, then I would want to stop. It would make me very unhappy. Okay. Do you, um, teach? Hmm? Do you teach? I do a lot of master classes. And of course, the summer in Aspen, I'll teach the whole time I'm there. Um, so one of the things that I think has been interesting for me as I'm learning about the fact that I think I have good teaching instincts. You know, my, all my family are teachers. They're all teachers. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I, I'm confident in my ability to diagnose what I'm carrying, mm -hmm. um, but the language has changed dramatically from when I learned how to sing. It's, you know, the imagery 
is less important now. People are using the voice science. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and the terminology is quite different because it's mm -hmm. much more scientific. Um, and the other thing that I'm realizing is that because I've never taught in a studio, I know my own repertoire extremely well. I don't know everybody else's repertoire. So, <laughs> you know, so true, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I still can't teach tenors. I don't know how they work. I've... Yeah, that's so I haven't, I've worked with them and um, I, you know, it's easier to work with young singers because there's so much to do, but really accomplished singers, I find I'm just like, yeah, rah, 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 rah. I find that support seems to be the thing that none of them, the young singers get still. I know. And I, I don't know why. I, I think, um, I think it's often not discussed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such an crucial, important, you know, tell me what, what's your, what do you say about support? Ooh. Well, Carrie and I think we're both the same, aren't we? When we talk mm -hmm. about support, that you have to have the foundation and you have, it has to be active. I find so many of them feel like they find the position and then they hold it, but yeah. that it's active. It has to be active and buoyant. Mm -hmm. And, you mm -hmm. know, we're, we're living human beings. And so right. the breath always has to be active and not just stuck. Right or, or push, you know, I, yeah, yeah. pushing I out. I agree. I agree. And the fact that you did this makes me very happy because three dimensions. There's, I, I, there's a lot of belly breathing and a lot of belly support out there, and I just think your lungs are not in your belly. No. You know, they're no. great. Open. You know, absolutely. You want the diaphragm to drop and you want that to open up, but the intercostal muscles for me that 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 rib cage opening is the key and then kind of keeping that buoyant i agree with you 100 mm -hmm. do you agree carrie yes no because i think it's on my body you can see it you those are the muscles that are worked out the most you can see yeah. those muscles it's amazing and then also the floor because it always still has to be this constant to me spin and then this up and down and out and it yeah i think it's hard to describe honestly the first time i understood support was when i was standing on stage with an orchestra because somehow my body understood oh you've got to get this sound to the last right. row and how are you physically going to do that without pushing without pushing right. cords and so much air on the cords and somehow yeah. just all those things that people had told me just kind of clicked and i went oh right. I get it. I was a weird one with support. No, you're not weird. Stop it. No, okay. It's hard. It's complicated. It is, you know, these are all involuntary muscles for the most part. So we have to, yeah. you know, we have to find it and then maintain it. And, you know, we keep going off the rails. I do. I have to constantly keep working at it. Tongue tension, killer. Oh my gosh, forever. And Sandra and I, we've talked about this in length. I didn't even know that if you, like I hurt my ankle very badly. I limped for almost a year, cast the whole thing and how that crazy body work where you're like this travels oh. its way all the way up and tension. tension can come from place from other places that you never knew that it was going to do that. To learn that lesson was enormous. So yeah. tongue tension. And I love to hear you say that. I think if any young singer is listening to this, you will always work until you are done singing. It is constantly learning and changing. A hundred percent. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's just that body awareness that's really hard. Yep. Um, but it's, it's, you never stop. It's not like, I, I remember when you're young, you think, oh, I've learned, you know, I'm going to learn how to do this. And then I never have to think about it again. Yeah. You know, 
No. I still work with teachers. I don't, I know Carrie did. I don't know yeah, if you do or coach or. Coaches. You got to so, have outside ears, people you trust, you know, you. people, I mean, my, my, you know, my main teacher passed away, but, uh, but definitely coaches. I'll ask them, how is that sound? How is this sound? Um, and it's, you have to have people you really trust. She was amazing. You know, I sang for her once. Who? Beverly. You did? I did. Uh, Ruth, Ruth Falcon and she were very good friends. Yes. Towards the end. And yes. Ruth yeah. wanted Beverly to hear me because she was having an issue trying. I, I couldn't figure out how to get into my chest voice. Right. Couldn't figure it out. Ruth yeah. couldn't crack the nut. Mm. So she said, you're going to go sing for Beverly. And mm. Beverly gave me great advice on how to get into the chest voice. And it made huh. sense to me. Uh. Yeah, she, um, you know, I, I was just with her for a long time you know, yeah. before she before she passed. And I had a great teacher before then as well, mm-hmm. um, who also, uh, Stephanie Blythe came from her studio as well, up in Potsdam, you know. Yeah, Patricia. Cool. Yeah. That. So, and I, and I studied with a million people in between, just just yeah. lots of lessons with different people. Well, but I got mean, really good at sort of saying, I'm going to take that, I'm going to take yeah. this, this mm-hmm. field. You have to follow your instincts. Totally go in the practice room and do your own work. Well, and I love that you said, find the people you trust, especially those people that are going to be honest with you that really tell you like it is. Right. Well, and once you're successful, there's almost nobody. Oh, I don't know. Sandra's like, what'd you think of that? I'm like, hot mess, girl, hot mess. <laughs> Very honest. We did Rusalka here. She was a born princess and I was Rusalka. And, you know, every day she, she was going up for the high C and the foreign princess. And, and I was staring at, it was, this was David McVicker's production, the Chicago one. I love that. Oh. I do too. Oh my I gosh. Isn't that, that glorious? Production. Oh my glorious. God. Fabulous. But Carrie would go up for that high C and she just every day, and I'm staring at her. And I would just, after she sang it one day, maybe not as great as the other. And I just went, oh, thank you. <laughs> but the day she did it really good, I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. See, that's what friends are for. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Bolena, she'd come around the corner. She's like, am I in tune? Is that right? <laughs> After I spat on her, but you know. Yeah. Oh my God. So, okay, that's, yeah. can I ask you like one insane question? Of course. I'm in DC. We're doing Don Giovanni. This is right before everything stopped in March. And I, I had actually sung. I came out in the opera house to listen to some of my other colleagues. So I didn't see you. I didn't know that you were there. I, I don't remember what happened, but all of a sudden people were like, oh, Renee is here. She's Renee is here. Do you know Renee's here? I mean, all the singers were freaking out, totally fangirling out and of rightly so. And so my question to you is out of your career and all the amazing famous people that you've met, have you ever fangirled over someone particular, like a famous actor or another famous singer or somebody like that? Um, I think the worst, first of all, I get extremely shy around celebrities. I, be, I So my husband's really great. He's not afraid of anybody. Okay. Um, we were in Buckingham Palace um, maybe 18 months ago and he met, somebody said, you want to meet the queen? And he shook her hand. I said, you're not supposed to do that. You know, so he's just fearless. So now I know to take him with me because he'll make sure that we meet X, Y, and Z. And, you know, okay. getting over that hump of, of shyness but the funniest story was i was at this incredible party in malibu a long time ago and the guy the host of the party knew that i was a joni mitchell fanatic that she was my touchstone 
And he just said, and he, all these celebrities were there, Barbara Streisand and Pamela Anderson. And um, I'd forgotten, I, I'd have to go look it up, but there were, there were at least 10 really top-notch celebrities there. And the small party, and he said, Renee, go get, go get, get the door, the pizza's here. Of course, this, this party was fully catered, you know. I opened the door and it's Joni Mitchell. And I just, so we talked for a long time and she, she, um, she, she was, I, I wouldn't even call it chain smoking. It's more like you don't finish a cigarette and then you start the next one. You know, it's just like right. really continuous. Mm -hmm. And I just was trying to make a case to her for why she should sing. She said, I only have three pitches. I said, we, we want to hear those three pitches. Oh. Just, just do that. So that really absolutely made me insane. But, but I got to have lunch with Joan Sutherland in her home in Switzerland when I was a young singer in Geneva. Got to pick her brain about how she sang her high notes. And she told me the, you know, it's the best of her ability, exactly how she did it. She talked about it when she went way up about the entire directional piece going back. This way, yes. Forward. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sort of kind of creating this sort of shape. Mm -hmm. And, but I had the most, I think, exciting for me was having three long sessions with Leontine Price, where she just gave me advice. And it was, it was, um, it was really helpful. It was extremely helpful. Amazing. So, wow. Yeah. She Any advice? Around. I took notes. Um, I Any look forward to that you... book. Sorry. I look <laughs> that book. Yeah, when you write your book. Information in it. <laughs> yeah. Can we end with you giving any advice to the young singers nowadays about going forward in this business? Wait a minute, we're not doing rapid fire. We have to do rapid fire. Okay, well, we can do rapid fire too. <clears throat> I know Renee has like time, so. Okay. What's rapid fire? We asked you silly questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, I don't oh, know. Bye-bye, click end meeting. <laughs> <laughs> It's up to you. You want to do rapid fire? We'll do rapid fire. Let's try it. Let's try it. Okay. 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 Inside the actor studio, James Lipton, he always asks these 10 questions. I'm a huge fan of them. We sometimes use them. Sometimes we use other ones. Do you care if we use the James Lipton ones? No, because I don't know what they are. So okay. Great. What is your favorite word? Mm. Think. What is your least favorite word? Um, gosh. See, I'm not very good at this. You know, I'm right now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about my, my least would definitely be no. Ooh. I'm not really good at no. That's good. What yeah. turns you on? Oh, coffee. I'm looking at your mug right now. Coffee for sure. That's, that's my guilty pleasure. There's mm -hmm. several espressos in here. I'm so sorry. Oh man. <laughs> wow. And what turns you off? What turns me off? Um, lying. Mm. Lying. I grew up with that, man, you did not lie to your mama. That was a hot mess right there. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a form of betrayal that I really find very difficult. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay, what sound or noise do you love? Right now, cicadas for sure. It's so soothing, they're, they're, it's in waves. It's oh, in really? Beautiful. I, up here. I think yeah. they're making music together, I really do. Wow. Well, and other things. And what sound or noise do you hate? Um, 
you know, it's funny. I'm now a little bit sensitive to extremely loud, like street noise. Oh, New York, a traffic noise. Mm-hmm. I find it, it makes me tense. I can't deal with it. I cannot, yeah. I'm with you. Okay, we asked this of every guest. I don't, how many episodes have we done now? What is your favorite cuss word in any language? Hmm. I don't, I really don't swear very much. So there you go. I'm such a, I, I'm a goody. I'm a goody. Um, You're a good Southern lady. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I will. I will, it does come out on occasion, but it's not my nature. To say, even the good, a good F-bomb, those are kind of amazing. Yeah, it happens. It definitely happens. You know, my husband will tend to look at me like, what, what? Who is that? So, so so I don't do it a lot. So, but you know, in the meantime, there's lots of darns and um, damn it and yeah, the SH word and you know, all of those. Yeah, I love that. Isn't this lame? I'm sorry. I'm so lame. It's not lame. No, my, you know what? Listen, when my husband cusses, like the whole room pays attention because it's very rare that, that a cuss word comes out of his mouth. So I get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put it this way. My children always, when I got mad, they thought it was charming. So <laughs> they try really hard not to laugh. You know, I'd have to say, I'm really mad. <laughs> Don't you see it? <laughs> Oh, yeah. that had to be so infuriating. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, I wish I was a scientist. Yeah, I'm smitten. I'm really smitten. Okay. In science. Because so for as far as I'm concerned, science is also incredibly creative. You imagine something, you you think it might be true, and then you set about to prove it. You know, researchers, I mean, I think that what they do is fascinating. It may take and it's extraordinary because it takes decades sometimes to to come. You know, sometimes a whole lifetime doesn't bring you any closer to the hypothesis you were trying to prove in the first mm-hmm. place. So, wow. yeah, that you know, I'd love to be a neuroscientist if I had. Wow. that's cool. Yeah. That is- yeah. Um, what profession would you not like to do? Uh oh, gosh, there are lots. Um, I have to say, I probably. I don't think, you know, my husband's a tax attorney and accountant, you know, all that, that, that we're, we're definitely opposites to attract. <laughs> nothing about math that appeals to me. Me no. neither. No. no. I flunked it. Yeah. And I, last I, question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you enter through the pearly gates? Oh, wow. I just read a Hayfitz poem yesterday um, sent to me by composer Andrew Lippa. It was so beautiful. You know, when you get into heaven, um, you will say to your loved one, how, what can I do to make you happier? What can I do to make your life better? You know, and it's, it could be man to man. It could be woman to woman. It could be man to woman and woman to man. It's a beautiful, this is, this is an ancient poem, a Persian poem. So I just thought that was so beautiful. It was very moving to me. Absolutely. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for doing this today. It's nice just to sit and chit chat with you. I agree. Totally. I miss girlfriends. I so miss girlfriends. I wow. know. And this was the only way that I we could do this, <laughs> this during great. COVID. Mm-hmm. You're getting to Zoom with all your colleagues. Is it once a week? What a great oh, we, idea. Yeah, we, we have do. one show a week. Yeah. Yeah. We oh, release sorry. one show a week. 
We started with two during the pandemic because we had so much time. Everybody had time. So we took advantage of that, complete advantage. And wow. uh, but then we, you know, when things got busy and Sandra started working, it was uh, one a week and we have a blast doing it. So but God, you're both so beautiful. So oh, yeah. oh, so I can't wait to hear you sing. I cannot wait to hear you sing again. Well, we want to try to do a Screaming Divas in concert. Oh, fabulous. We're going to have guest oh, artists. So we're going to have okay. Screaming Divas and friends. Yeah. Okay. Okay. for a phone call. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Fun? Oh, my God. People yes. will flock to that. Yeah. I mean, Why they not? will flock to it. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Well, take care of yourself. Okay. And love, love, enjoy love. seeing your daughter. Oh, my yeah. God. I can't wait. I'm going to cry. I'm going to oh. go. Oh, thank you. Too. Thank you so much for doing this. Hi, Renee. Bye. Bye. Much love. I'm good. Just checking. I'm totally screenshotting that. <laughs> Got any bugs? Oh, geez. I'm just like redick today. Oh, here's you. Here's you. Are <laughs> <Hey>, you ready? <laughs> Don't fucking fangirl. Huh? Cheers. Don't fangirl. I'm going to fangirl my ass out. Damn. Oh, All right. All right. One hour. Keep the poop in a group. <laughs>